Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rowan and the Wasteland, where we discuss a film and honor its place amongst its peers. My name is Rowan Wooden. Joining me, as always, he's going to be a bad mother effer. It's Shane Kanto. I'm going to refrain from quoting this movie throughout this whole entire podcast <laughs> and also pardon my language at parts. But yes, I'm here. Excellent. Um, well, this is our 80th episode of the show, which is hard to believe um, that, that we've gotten this far and we're almost at our two year mark. Uh, but of course, since it is a uh, a milestone episode, we have a guest joining us. Uh, Dead or Alive, they're coming with me. It's May Honey. Hello, hi! Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yeah, May. Thank you so much for uh, for being here. And since you are the guest, you got to choose uh, this week's movie. What are we talking about? RoboCop, 1987, the absolute banger. RoboCop. <laughs> um, and May, uh, what is your history with uh, with this movie? What made you choose it for our show? Oh man, um, I just thought it would be a good uh, family friendly time for the kids <laughs> to listen to. And um, no, really, I mean. Honestly, uh, the real reason I love to talk about this movie is because I feel like it's kind of just like this sci-fi action thing. It's part of a pocket that is extremely popular, but it's a weird side of that pocket that is never talked about. I feel mm -hmm. like I never hear RoboCop talked about unless it's like a Neil Blomkamp rumor or something. But like this, this movie is like incredible and I feel like it just needs a little bit more love. So I thought, why not? Awesome. And uh, I had never seen this movie uh, before we talked about it on the show. I watched it a couple days ago <clears throat> with my roommate, and uh, I was shocked that I had never seen it before. I have no idea how, just like May, just like you're saying, I have no idea how people don't talk about this more. It has eluded me the first 20 years of my life, uh, but I'm about to turn 21, and this was a uh, great place <laughs> to start my, my grown-up education. Um, <laughs> but uh, Shane, uh, what is your history uh, with RoboCop? I can't tell you how many times I've watched this movie, and I can't tell you how young I was when I first watched this movie. I definitely was a kid. So, but this is in my top 100, and I was so excited to talk about this. And this, this, this is going to be a fun conversation. I especially want to hear what Rowan has to say since he's never watched this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I watched Total Recall about a year ago. And when I saw it, I I figured it was it was sort of a a fluke in this like weird you know sort of stylized eighties nineties um, like a genre mashup. And mm -hmm. then I watched RoboCop, and I realized no, that's just Paul Verhoeven. What Paul Verhoeven was doing in the eighties and nineties, uh, which mad respect uh, uh, for that man, um, just coming out here and making two of the strangest sci-fi movies i've ever seen while also be like from this time period while also having some of the best practical effects i've seen not just in from this era but ever like this movie oh, yeah. looks so good and i i did some research afterward and i found out that it was made with like no money which blows my mind even more that they made something this phenomenal and that looks so good uh with with absolutely no money so i absolutely loved it i thought it was fantastic have you seen Starship Troopers yet? I have not seen. That's next up on my <laughs> on my list. <laughs> I'm curious what you think about that one. That was wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this this film, and as somebody who's super, super, super into practical effects and very snobbish when it comes to looking at CGI in films, and then you watch this and you have like a legitimate giant robot. 
And then when that giant robot needs to do stunts, it turns into like a Phil Tibbet stop motion animated giant robot. And you're just like, yes. And (laughs) sure, did did Dick Jones's arms become three times as long as they needed to when he fell out of the building at the end? Sure, why not? But who cares? (laughs) Also, the blood squibs in this movie are insane. My top two of all time, top two of all time squid movie, this movie right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. when that that poor man who's in that demonstration. Oh, the first guy. Just gets yeah. lit up. And you're just like, is this going to end? It's like, <laughs> no, it keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how much fake blood they bought to make this movie. It was a lot. I can guarantee you that. Must have been. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't much human of him left in that scene after that. <laughs> no, he was a pulpy mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie is, like, while, while I was watching it, so my mom watched the opening with us. And before, when I said that I wanted to watch it earlier that night, she was like, this it used to be one of my favorite movies. And I was like, what? You? Like, the the woman who could, like, could never watch violent like violence of any kind in movies while i was growing up robocop was one of your favorite movies and she was like (laughs) yeah like it really it like it came out and it took everyone by surprise and like and everyone loved it and i was like that's so interesting because nobody is talking about it anymore um and then she she watched the opening with us and she was like and she was so into it and i realized that part of that is is probably because like robocop takes place in what like 2028 or something it's like it's like our like very close to, to we are now um and it's a future that's like just bleak enough but realistic enough to be believable as to like th- like like from the 80s like this is where we could be in it's recognizable 40 yeah. years exactly yeah. um and that's and 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 like and that's i feel like it, it, it's scarier to us now than it was back then because back then it was just some dystopian sci-fi future and now it's like this is conceivable and this is real and we're not at the place in you know with 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 robots as to where they are in the movie but we're much closer than we were back then um and even like the political ideas they're dealing with are a lot more relevant now yeah 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 like the um corporation you know meddling in in police business and you know buying police uh forces which is which is so scary um that's 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 much more um reasonable like like if that had been made today like like that wouldn't be satire today that would be uh like that would be i don't know it's just scary like, it just, is the one word it, that it'd I be like an actual mind. commentary of things totally, going totally. on in our society yeah. right now yeah i think what's so interesting about this film is this predator they kind of got lumped into like 80s action movies where like Stallone and Schwarzenegger just shoot people for two hours and it's like, yeah, masculinity. But nothing wrong with that though. Yeah, which (laughs) it's so much fun, but like there's something so much more going on in this movie. And this is so clever, so well written. And even just the commercials, I'll buy that for a dollar. Um, (laughs) And like Nukem. And play with the the whole family. (laughs) And like all those commercials are like, oh my God, we, (laughs) this is all believable. They 
predicted reality TV. They have like just the military industrial complex of America just on display in front of us and the corporatization of everything in our society. And you're just like, oh, this is awkward because this is life. <laughs> this is so prophetic and i kind of feel like it had to be not an american who came in here and would just like put us on on notice just like yeah this is what you look like to everybody else and then the fact that a couple decades later it is exactly what we look like and it's just so smart and funny and this movie's infinitely quotable like just think a whole generation of people who just know Kurtwood Smith is the dad from that 70s show. <laughs> See uh, Clarence Boddicker showing up and part of my language like, bitches leave. And you're just like, <laughs> the way he just strolls into a room and just act like this and just like, his he's one of my favorite villains. That's the thing. There's three great villains in this movie because he's great. Dick Jones is such a slimy bastard, <laughs> and, but he's like the the scary, powerful, sneaky one. And then Bob Morton is just such a slime with like his piles of cocaine, yeah. and everything just works. And then you have, of course, Peter Weller, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Yeah, and just so perfect as Murphy, who my cat is named after. Oh, nice. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there is so much to appreciate about this movie. Um, like, it, it, it's not interested in a lot of the tropes that you think it would fall into, like when Murphy mm-hmm. and I am blanking on the uh, on, on his partner's name. Lewis. Yeah. Lewis, yeah. When, when, when Murphy and Lewis are, are going out on their job, like, there is no romance between them at all. Does not fall into those tropes. I really appreciate that because it could have been so easy. Um, and it's 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 this movie is shot so dynamically, like nothing is static. And that may have been a byproduct of the budget, but it makes it look fantastic and it makes it flow even more because there's always something happening, even if there's just two people talking. The the very fact that the camera is not pinned down in the way, um you know, uh, to shoot the conversation in a not interesting way. Like it is shot in a very interesting way. Uh, and that just like, it, 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 it just keeps the movie feeling, um, it feels in motion. Like it feels like there's always something happening. And I really appreciate that, uh, as well. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it even like, I like how it, like you talked about the genre fusions earlier. I think it fuses with horror, like genuine, just 100% horror filmmaking a lot of the time. Like I think of Robocop, like when he like, first like it's booted up that whole like body horror through first person process that he goes through like it's psychologically damaging and even like to the way that like the gore is shot like that looks closer to david cronenberg than like john mctiernan you know and and so you see all that stuff you see the oh i mean of course the guy the radioactive waste and all that is (laughs) and and his eventual demise it's um i feel like all of that is used really intelligently to reinforce the politics of it actually because if this didn't do all that the severity the overall like apparatus and crushing power of the corporations of even the crime gangs wouldn't be as sold they wouldn't be as solidified if they didn't be so cruel to murphy in that first bit they shot his hand off his arm off his head and all the body and all (laughs) you know it's it it looks like he just went through a saw trap when she eventually finds him 
And it's like, it's, it's brutal. And I, I, I love when they can, you, I love when a movie uses genre as tools and not as a crutch. And I feel like this movie is one of the most perfect examples of that. That's why its story is so like geared toward even like American ideas and themes, because when we go outside every day, it is really fast paced and compelling and horrifying, you know, and we feel all these things at the same time. And it's, it's both tragic and fun at the same time in a certain way. That's, that's the American life. So I think it, it captures the, all those feelings beautifully through this weird sci-fi action lens. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. All, all while being entirely over the top, uh, which is what I think it needs to do to get those messages yes. across. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. This is a goofy as hell movie. <laughs> that's one of the things that I didn't like that much about the remake was that it played it so straight. And it's just like, you missed the whole entire fun and point of RoboCop in the first place. Because you have to laugh, because what else are you going to do at this point? This is just like, it was, this movie would be so morbid and just, I don't think it would hit in the way that it does. And it's also so lean. This is an hour and 42 minutes of just fantastically paced movie and basil polidorus's score oh my god that robocop theme <laughs> just so good and it just so perfectly put together and it's crazy that this is from like the director of benedetta fast forward 35 years and what's paul verhoven making benedetta yeah. This man is this man's a treasure of filmmaking. Yeah. That and like L, that Isabel Huppert movie, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's just he's a weird guy. <laughs> and he got blacklisted because of showgirls, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh still have not watched that whole movie, but I'm, I'm an adamant defender of showgirls. I legit and unironically think that movie is a masterpiece, and I will defend it to my dying day. I have to watch it eventually. There we go. Maybe like, it'll uh, maybe it'll pop up on the podcast at some point. You never know. You oh, never know. Maybe maybe, maybe we could do it for our hundred fiftieth episode to get May back. You never know. <laughs> Please, I, I, I'm begging. May if, if 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 we cover it on the show, you'll be our go to. Hundred. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Hundred yes, percent. I will come on and I will I will declare war on anyone who disagrees with me. <laughs> I'm just awesome. kidding. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, so any more thoughts on RoboCop before we uh, move on to our lists? Just it's a disservice to yourself if you don't watch it. If you're mm -hmm. if you're a movie fan, it's it's both more cutting and hard hitting than you'd think, but also more accessible than you'd think at mm -hmm. the same time. It's a uh, and just don't worry about all the weight of a franchise or anything like that. Just watch this one movie. No. It, it will serve you well. Oh, Rowan, when you inevitably do action movies or on franchise Paradiso. Mm -hmm. Great plug. Uh, get that, get that <laughs> Robocop in there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, anyway, so uh, Shane, before we uh, move on to our to our top fives, uh, where does Robocop rank in the list of 80 movies that we've talked about? So far? This was shockingly easy because this is my number one. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, what is because, it? Uh, what did it beat out for the for the top spot? It has displaced Once Upon a Time in the West, which wow. was also one of my other favorites that we've talked about on the show. But like, I this is 
I just double checked my letterbox. This is my number 79 favorite movie of all time. Cool. And it, I, it was so, I just recently rewatched this for a movie marathon that I had a couple months ago because I had a Criterion Collection movie marathon. And guess what? This is in it. <laughs> it got voted. Robocops and Criterion? Yes, it is. It's one of the Whoa. first 100. <laughs> wow. So That's awesome. But just rewatching this is just an absolute delight every time. And all the people in the room who had never watched it before, I'm just sitting there with glee, just being like, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> okay, so the, the RoboCop uh, Criterion DVD is out of print, but it does have the unrated director's cut, including, quote, excessively violent shots cut from the theatrical release to avoid the X rating. I remember it's, hearing about that. They had, yeah. like, a lot of cut stuff for that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would imagine. I'm surprised they got away with some of the stuff that they did put in the theatrical yeah. cut. Yeah, definitely. It, Especially it with like is... the moral panic in the 80s around the time. Like that was totally. that was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it is spine 23 in the Criterion Collection. So it was yeah. very, uh, very early. 23. 23. Oh, <laughs> baby. Oh, baby. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, this movie of our 80 is my number six, uh, because we have talked about six movies from my uh, from my top 100, and uh, Robocop <laughs> is in there. Uh, it is not at the top, but... Uh, it... Robo Robocop made your top 100 of all time? Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So happy I suggested it. Oh my goodness. Yes, thank you very much, May. I'm glad that I that I watched it in the context of um of, of of being able to discuss it because that's you know that's what you want to do when you see a movie uh that you just love 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 you you just want to talk about it oh, yeah. um uh with people who also very much love it uh but anyway we have three categories to talk about today uh, uh, sorry two categories today since we I was have about to uh, say. a milestone huh? episode yeah uh Rise, May. That <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are going to talk about uh sci-fi action movies and the year 1987 in, in which robocop was released uh, let's start off with uh, sci-fi action movies. Um, our top five. This is a really, I, I can imagine this is a very tough category for all of us uh, to uh, to narrow all of these down. Um, but uh, Shane, why don't you uh, go first for this category? I would have an honorable mentions list, like the length of my <laughs> arm, if I talked about them. So I'm... So my number five is Avengers Endgame, which yes, the Marvel movies kind of float between fantasy and science fiction, but... They tried to do a lot of it science-wise. Aliens and stuff. Uh, but that battle at the end is so great. My number four, War for the Planet of the Apes. Because I am one of the biggest fans of that franchise that anybody will ever meet. <laughs> and I absolutely adore War. That was one of my favorite movies that year. Number three, this had to be on here, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Because, oh, I just... Can James Cameron stop making Avatar movies for the rest of his <laughs> life and make Terminator movies for the rest of his life? Because I'll Don't take get that me started. Train. Don't get me started. <laughs> my number two is Captain America Civil War, which is my favorite Marvel film. And that airport scene. And awesome. my number yeah. one is Mad Max Fury Road. Bring on the dystopia, which might just be Australian 10 years. I <laughs> but like might be Australia uh, now when did we last check <laughs> I, I'm I'm recording with Alice in about a week so oh, good ask her, ask her confirm is she okay <laughs> <laughs> is she stuck in a wasteland does she need water 
But uh, <laughs> Fury Road is arguably the greatest action movie ever made. So, yeah, it's on the top of my list. So there you go. Awesome. Love it. Uh, May, what are your top five? My number five is RoboCop. We just Hell talked yeah. about it. You all know. Um, number four, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. There's some absolutely just incredible, just like everything about it. And there's, it feels like a sci-fi action movie. There's not really much action in it. <laughs> um, number three, the first Terminator film. I'm one of those people who likes the first one. <laughs> um, I no, no shade on the second one at all. I absolutely agree with you. It deserves to be here. But um, that first one, I love. You probably have heard him. If you've heard me on any other podcast, you probably heard me talk about it sometime. Um, number two, Aliens. James Cameron's second appearance on here. Um, just, man, it, when I go to a movies, that's what I want. Not everybody, but that's what I want. <laughs> um, number one, The Matrix. I mean, I guess anyone that anyone that has seen this movie knows why I picked it. It's just one of the smartest and most entertaining movies ever made, period, point blank. So that's what I got. Nice. Um, so I did leave RoboCop off of mine uh, just to 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 talk about some other movies. And I didn't think Marvel movies didn't cross my mind. Uh, so that is that is an interesting addition, Shane. Um, they felt like they felt too fantasy for me. That's also why I didn't yeah, include Star Wars on mine. Totally. Yeah. Um, so really I... fake science. <laughs> but hey, but hey, but hey, there we go. Our lists will be different enough. Yeah. Uh, which I which I always appreciate. Um, my number five is Face Off. Uh, which I watched for the first time this year. Uh, this was another one uh, s- similar to RoboCop that I watched and was just absolutely blown away. And I was lucky enough to watch it in a group setting with people who were also so invested in it and had, were having the best time. Hey, you uh, good looking. So that was amazing. <laughs> uh, I I love it so much. Uh, number four is uh, The Fifth Element, uh, which we've actually talked about on our show before way back in episode 50, uh, which came out um, last June um, with uh, with our good Australian friend, uh, Adam, who I desperately hope is alive and well and okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, number, number three is uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, similar to Shane, I think the second one is just a, a stellar action movie. I think the one and two are both amazing. I just see two more as more of an action movie and the action works for me uh, more there. Um, and uh, my number two is the matrix uh, just v- very nuanced and well done sci-fi action uh, with a lot of thought put into the world, which I always really appreciate. And uh, number one is aliens. I I don't know what else to say. Uh, this this movie has come up uh, so many times on my uh, on my lists in uh, on this show, um, but it blends the sort of psychological terror of the first movie uh, with some great um, like like horror action uh, too uh, in the second half. Uh, yeah, so I I, I love all of these. Um, Just a quick of- anecdote. Yeah, I have been having an on and off argument with my friend Matt for nine years about what the greatest action sci-fi movie is and he's in the matrix camp and i'm in t2 judgment day camp and uh yeah still going nine years later nice because <laughs> neither of us will concede well so. let us know uh let us know if anyone if anyone en- ends up winning well in 40 uh, years and, let us know yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Um, our uh, final category today is the year 1987 Uh, I was not alive I don't think any of us uh, were alive in 1987 Um, but uh, I don't know seems from our perspective pretty great year for movies (laughs) oh yeah yeah 
Um, wild how good this year was. <laughs> totally. Um, we'll go in reverse order this time, so I will go first. Uh, my number five is Predator. Uh, by the way, I'm leaving RoboCop off this list. It would be at number two uh, if I did have it on, uh, just so I could spotlight some other stuff. Uh, number five is Predator. Um, just such a such a bare bones uh, action movie uh, in which you don't really learn a lot about the creature or really any like many of the characters, uh, and but you don't really need to. Um, Number four is Broadcast News. Uh, I watched this movie <laughs> in, this is perhaps my most unconventional unconventional viewing experience ever. I watched it over the course of three weeks. I watched it all, all the way through pretty much twice over those three weeks um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I think it's fantastic. I think it's really well written <laughs> and really, really well acted. Um and uh, number three is Hellraiser, uh, the original, which I just think is fantastic atmosphere. Um, great, like speaking of practical effects, fantastic uh, practical effects um, and some great performances as well. Uh, number two is uh, Evil Dead 2, um, which I think, I don't know, if it, is it still heretical to say that it's better than the first one? Uh, no. It, it is essentially a remake, uh, just just better and more, like, you know, with dialing everything up to 11. And, uh, and I always tend to love that. And number one is The Princess Bride, um, another one that's popped up on, on my I, lists for just, years and years. It's the movie he would have made if he had money. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Thousand percent. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, Princess Bride oh. is. Uh, we yeah. have a uh, we have an annual screening on uh, on our campus every year because Carrie Elways, who plays Wesley, went to my school, uh, and so we uh, we have a very um, we have a screening every year where the audience is very engaged, and that is just so so fun uh, to watch this movie with an audience that's so into it and knows all of the lines. Um, and, uh, yeah, if we're talking about quotable movies, this movie is way, way high up there. Uh, and I will never get tired of it. Uh, Meg, yeah. you're up. I've always considered Princess Bride the, like, I mean, it's a funny movie, but, like, the non-comedy Monty Python and the Holy Grail, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, like, even <laughs> in, like, its cultural place, it's just ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. Um, 1987, my number five is Evil Dead 2. We were just talking about it. It's one of the greatest horror films, horror sequels of all time. Number four, Predator, the first Predator. Watched it when I was way too young. Probably not even five years old when I first saw it. Incredible. <laughs> um, three, RoboCop. Probably should have done the same thing you did where I was looking at other stuff. But hey, what can you do? Yeah. Number two. Number two, Hellraiser. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. Probably would make my top ten horror films of all time. Number one, Raising Arizona. Probably my favorite Coen Brothers film tied with Inside Lewin Davis. Um, just one of the funniest and most heartfelt movies I think I've ever seen in my life. I want to just mention that I'm pretty sure almost 10% of my top 80 films of all time are from 1987. <laughs> As I'm starting to realize this, I'm just like, what a year. Um, so I have number five is Good Morning Vietnam. Just Robin Williams is just absolutely amazing in this film. My number four from my favorite directors, the Coen brothers, Raising Arizona. Because this is one of the funniest movies, just so quirky and weird, and Nick Cage. Um, number three, speaking of action movies, Lethal Weapon. And my favorite buddy cop movie that you're going to find. And it's incredible. Mel Gibson's mullet and Danny Glover's just general feeling of, I need to retire. Um, my, number, my number two is The Princess Bride, because... I feel like it's one of the most perfect movies ever created. 
Just, it does everything so perfectly well. And my number one, my number one Brian De Palma film is The Untouchables. I love this film. And Sean Connery came for that Oscar, was just like, mine now. And just watching Robert De Niro play Al Capone in the most over-the-top, ridiculous performance is just chef's kiss. Excellent movie. More, that's yeah. another movie more people need to talk about. <laughs> Some fantastic lists and some recommendations uh, for the listeners at home today. Um, so uh, that concludes our discussion on RoboCop. Uh, thank you all for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And May, thank you so much for joining us for our 80th episode. Um, where can people find you if uh, if you would like to lead them anywhere on the internet? Um, probably just Letterbox and all um, all the other apparatus podcasts that I appear on amongst all the people that I enjoy talking to. Um, I have a lot of things that I'm writing and in the works of, so probably just keep in tabs with me and you'll be able to find other things I'm working on. But stay tuned. Awesome. <laughs> this letterbox at May Ellen. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, and Shane, what about you? I'm going to make a special announcement, seeing Whoa. as I finally got uh, peer pressured by Foster into writing reviews on Letterboxd. Yeah. So <laughs> you should check out my Letterboxd now <laughs> that I actually put reviews for the movies I watch. And I've also been doing a whole bunch of lists, so you can check those out. But in general, just head over to the Wasteland Review or Instagram page where I shamelessly plug all the things that I do from my different podcasts, including this one, to Scribe Magazine, to SifPop.com, and GuideTheMovies.com, and the Wasteland Review YouTube channel where I review basically everything and I have my three weekly shows where Rowan pops up a lot because he is wonderful. <laughs> um, uh, Foster has been telling me about trying to get you to write reviews for Letterboxd for a long time, so I'm glad he finally uh, he finally wore you down. Um, <laughs> you can find me at uh, theleniantcritic.com or uh, Rowan a boat on Instagram and Letterboxd. Uh, and bits of Joel on Twitter. So thank you again, everyone, for joining us. And Shane and I will be back next week with another episode of Rowan and the Wasteland. <laughs> <laughs>